Kurdish fighters in northeast Iraq were holding a Canadian ISIS member. And it sounded like it was a guy we knew as uh, Abu Turab al-Kanadi, whose real name was Muhammad Ali. Uh, he was a guy I knew pretty well. He was from Mississauga. He joined ISIS in 2014. And he had a real active social media presence. He was uh, online encouraging other people to join ISIS. Uh, he was giving them advice on what to do. Uh, and he was encouraging attacks in, in Canada uh, at one point. That is uh, Global News' investigative reporter Stuart Bell, who delivers uh, a bombshell of an exclusive, exposing a very big problem that our government is going to have to now deal with, with news that this high-profile Canadian ISIS fighter who is in jail over in Syria now wants to come back. And as you hear his name, Mohammed Ali, he was just at, you know, at Ryerson University, and he left to fight with ISIS in 2014, and he was active. He was an active member of this group, said he was a sniper, a recruiter. He used his social media to show off his weapons, actively try to recruit others. And four months ago, he was taken into custody. And that's where he sat down with Stuart Bell in Syria last week. And keep in mind, this guy, Muhammad Ali, taunted Stuart Bell on Twitter once bragging about playing soccer with human heads. And it was right around the time that we started learning about beheadings of, you know, by ISIS fighters and really what shocked the world. And here he is, you know, making a joke about it, playing soccer with human heads and mentioning Stuart Bell's name. So imagine, imagine then sitting down to interview that guy. That's got to be trippy. So, of course, he wants to come back, and because Canadians are Canadians are Canadians in this country, what's our PM to do? You know? The Kurdish authorities don't want him. They don't want any of the Canadian fighters that are now being held. There's apparently as many as 12. And they've got wife and kids over the last couple of years. But how is it that the RCMP can't figure out how to handle this or charge any of these guys? I don't know. You ever heard of treason? Do we not have any terror laws on the books? That once you get off Canadian soil and go into another country to kill people, no chart, you're telling me there's nothing they can do? Let's bring in someone who might know. Tom Quiggin is a former military intelligence officer, RCMP, and a court-appointed expert on jihadist terrorism on both uh, the federal and criminal courts of Canada. He joins us now. Hello there. Hello, thanks for inviting me to On Point. There you go. What do you think of this story? Um, it's a pretty big headline. Uh, well, I mean, an excellent bit of reporting by Stuart Bell, and uh, like you mentioned, good fun that he can tie this back into the earlier conversations he had had with him. Mm-hmm. But I think an answer to your question, which is, you know, why aren't we arresting these people and why do we not seem to see any action? The answer is the lack of will. That's the problem. You just asked the question, you know, are there not terror laws we could arrest these people with? And that's Muhammad Ali, who may return, and the other 60 or so folks who are already probably here in Canada, having already returned from ISIS. And the answer is, yes, there is a law. There is a law in Canada. It's part of the uh, changes to the terrorism laws were made after 9-11. And it basically says in plain language that if you travel overseas to join a terrorist group, That itself is a criminal activity, as long as the terrorist group is listed as a terrorist group by the government of Canada. And ISIS is, in fact, listed by public safety as being a terrorist group. 
So there it is right there. Merely being a member of the organization is a criminal act itself. You don't have to kill anybody. You don't have to blow anybody up. You don't have to shoot anybody. Simply being a member is the minimum standard that the law has to meet. And this guy clearly seems to meet the minimum standard, i.e. he brags about it. Uh, There's paperwork on him uh, that ISIS had created around his joining and all that sort of stuff. So that doesn't seem to be the issue. So the, the answer to your question then is, you know, why are these 60 people here? Why do we have another one coming back and perhaps a number, 12, a number 12 coming back as well? And it's quite simple, the triumph of the lack of will. Um, the um, prime minister has said, you know, or he doesn't say stuff like, you know, we're going to capture these guys and throw them in jail forever. Instead, he says that ISIS fighters who return to Canada will be a powerful voice for de-radicalization. And he's also said, if you oppose the return of ISIS fighters to Canada, it's because you're Islamophobic. Now, this is particularly interesting because the government doesn't have a de-radicalization program, and no one's in charge of the government's community engagement and prevention of violence program, even though Trudeau's been in place for three years and he said he would fill this job uh, right after he was elected. Um, So let me give you an interesting comparison of another case. Folks may remember El Mahdi, El Malki, and Nuriyadin. These Mm -hmm. three guys had wound up being rendered overseas. There was a question of whether the government played a role in their being rendered. They sued and won uh, for $31.5 million shared amongst the three of them. And this was after, I think, I'm pretty sure that this was after the Omar Khadr settlement. Canadians were none too impressed. Yeah, so this was after the Omar Khadr settlement. So what's really important for Canadians to know is that the RCMP spent over six years on a project. They wanted to take this to trial. They did not want to pay these guys off. They had a ton of evidence against these guys to show what was going on, how they got into trouble, why they were involved, etc., etc. The commissioner of the RCMP approved the thing to go ahead. It went to public safety. They said, go ahead. Uh, the pretrial was done. The disclosure was done. Everything was followed. And then at the very last minute, Department of Justice canceled the trial and paid these guys $31.5 million and were not even told why. So six years of RCMP work went down the drain. We never got to see it. But yet we paid $31.5 million to three guys with really dodgy backgrounds. And that was with, you know, years of preparation and evidence, and it went nowhere. So if you're the head of the RCMP right now, you're head of the counterterrorism section, you're looking at this going, you know, what exactly do I have to do to move something ahead? Well, what's, um, what's the point of having terror laws if you're not going to have to, like, do anything with them? Because I don't, under- I don't understand how a government could possibly think to bring these people back and not have them put away. I mean, I don't understand what their plan is. And I think a lot of Canadians, Tom, will be asking, what exactly is the plan? Like, are you just letting them go in the streets of Canada somewhere and we're never to know? Uh, Yes, that's pretty much it. Remember, this is the guy who says, if you, this is Prime Minister Trudeau, if you oppose the return of ISIS fighters to Canada, it is because you're Islamophobic. And let me just go on record here and say, I oppose the return of ISIS fighters to Canada because I'm afraid of them. I've served in the military. I've been to a war in Bosnia and Croatia. I've seen how bad things can be. And let's be clear, what happened in ISIS was multiple times worse than what was going on in Bosnia and Croatia. Uh, So the violence that these people unleashed was absolutely incredible, even by the standards of Bosnia and Croatia, even by the standards of other wars. Um, But yet, uh, the leader of our country, Prime Minister Trudeau, 
literally has not shown any will or effort to go after these guys. And to the contrary, as I point out in my book uh, that just came out about a year ago, since he's been elected as a member of parliament in 2008, Prime Minister Trudeau has backed, uh, he's funded, he has provided cover for the worst of the worst Islamist organizations in Canada at every turn and at every time. The only one time he backed down temporarily in face of the Americans was when he allowed a resolution to go through to say the Islamic or the uh, Iranian Revolutionary Guard should be terror listed, although right. that hasn't that actually hasn't happened, happened yet, yeah. and but, I don't think it's going to. There's no movement on it. Yeah, the talk is but he has on a consistent 10-year record of supporting these guys, so I find it difficult to believe that he would suddenly do a 180 degree turn now and show some actual will to go after these guys. Well, I'm not sure he'll have a choice. I mean, the Kurdish uh, officials don't want them there. They are, they, they're not in, in the business of storing Canadian fighters. These people all have wives and apparently children now. So now we're going to be, you know, having to take that as well. Um, but the bottom line is, you know, now that the media has this story, I don't think they can really get away from not telling Canadians what they're planning or not planning to do. They can't just leave them there, can they? I mean, I'd like uh, them well, to, we, but... <laughs> many many other countries do. They just refuse to issue documents to have them return. So sometimes when we go to deport people to places like Rwanda yeah. or Bosnia or Afghanistan, their government will just say, no, don't want them back, your problem. Uh, so, I mean, we do have the option of doing that. I find it difficult to believe the Canadian government would actually work up enough will to just say, hey, too bad you went over there to fight for those guys. You can work your problems out over there. Well, that was the last so government. No, no, I mean, that, Harper that. tried to do that. And that's why, I mean, Trudeau himself ran on this notion that Canadians are Canadians are Canadians. Yeah, OK, that's great. But you're not a Canadian if you go over and chop off people's head and, and try to you know, create a caliphate of death. I mean, as far, and I don't think I'm, you know, I, a lot of Canadians will agree with that. Yeah, well, a lot of people would say leave them there, which is what the Brits and the French are actually uh, doing. And yeah. in many cases, they're actually looking at trying to kill them over there rather than have to deal with bringing them back. I don't think you'll see Canada do that. Maybe, you know, we probably shouldn't. But, I mean, the law here is clear that if you've joined a terrorist group overseas, you are criminally uh, liable uh, to wind up going to jail for it. But so far, the government's record on this is zero and 60 uh, because we probably have about 60 ISIS, ISIS fighters here in Canada right now. And to the best of my knowledge, I think they were taking some action against one of them. So it's more like, you know, 0, 1, and 59. Yeah, and I think that uh, guy's living next record. to Yeah, he's probably living next to my kid's school, but well, I don't know. We're not allowed to ask. All right, Tom, i got to leave it there. Thank you. Okay, cheers. Thanks very much, Alex. Appreciate it. That is Tom Quiggin, who is a... Uh, an expert on all things jihad terror. You can, of course, listen to him. He's got a podcast, The Quiggin Report. Goes through a lot of these cases. But it'll be interesting to see where this goes. Because in the last couple of weeks, Stuart Bell has broken some very, very big stories when it comes to charity status and a couple of uh, mosques, one in Ottawa, one in Mississauga, that are fronting as charities, but, you know, accused now of, you know, putting that money into possible terror groups. So he's been kind of taking the lead on that. And then he gets this story. And it's bad enough when we heard it the first time that, you know, fighters were starting to make the way back. But now you hear this, you know, come on. Come on, boys, girls. There's something you can charge them with. I just know it. I'm Alex Pearson. This is On Point here on Global News Radio.